This is about CMP and Hydro-Quebec turning a profit. Welcome to Frontline Voices, a podcast by the Natural Resources Council of Maine. I'm Carly Perugio, your host. And if you've been living in Maine, you might have heard something, or a lot, about Central Maine Power's proposal to construct a transmission line through Maine's North Woods. If you've ever wondered, um, what's going on, you are probably not alone. And in this episode, I have a conversation with NRCM's Clean Energy Staff Attorney, Sue Ely. She walks us through NRCM's concerns about CMP's proposal, which is sometimes called the NACEC power line. Sue talks about why NRCM opposes this proposal and what you can do about this if you have concerns too. Here's my conversation with Sue. Sue, just to start, what is the CMP power line proposal? The power line proposal is, as you said, a a proposal from Central Maine Power, CMP, to build 145 miles of transmission line from the Maine-Canada border all the way down into Lewiston, where it would connect with existing infrastructure. 53 of those miles from the Canadian border down into the town of Caratunk would be brand new transmission lines, so it would be cutting through undeveloped forest, Um, and then the remaining part of the line would be built in an existing transmission line quarter, but it would be a new transmission line. Why is CMP proposing to construct the line in the first place? So this project came about from a 2016 law that Massachusetts passed asking for companies to propose really big renewable energy projects to increase the amount of renewable energy that they purchase in the state. This was just one of over 40 projects that were proposed Three of those projects were large-scale hydroelectric power projects coming from Hydro-Quebec, but the rest of them were a mix of onshore and offshore wind and solar that were, for the most part, going to be produced right in New England, in one state of, of any of the New England states. So this was very similar to New Hampshire's Northern Pass and Vermont TDI project, but this was not in response to any reliability needs for the state of Maine, but was solely a response to requests for proposals put out by Massachusetts to comply with a law that they passed. Of these choices, CMP's proposal that we're talking about right now was not actually the first choice. Is that correct? That is. The first choice was Northern Pass, which is a project that was proposed in New Hampshire. Many people may be familiar with Northern Pass, but you know, again, was a large um, transmission line that was proposed to be built running across New Hampshire, taking hydropower from Quebec down into Massachusetts. It was highly controversial, and actually, after it was selected as the first place bid in the Massachusetts request for proposals process, New Hampshire's site evaluation committee actually rejected the Northern Pass as not a good deal for New Hampshire. On what basis was it denied? New Hampshire Site Evaluation Committee determined that the greenhouse gas benefits could not be determined. There wasn't enough information and ultimately found that the Northern Pass project, as proposed by Eversource, would be bad for New Hampshire communities. It also found that the greenhouse gas benefits that were being claimed by the developers were speculative and unlikely to happen given the information that they were given. There have been a lot of parallels between that project 
and this project here in Maine. So the state of New Hampshire denied uh, Eversource's application for Northern Pass, and so CMP's project was the second choice. I'm sure many listeners know that NRCM opposes this project. I'd like to talk a bit about why NRCM is concerned about this. Could you go through some of our major concerns? Sure. I put our opposition to the project in three buckets. The first is that this just isn't going to help reduce greenhouse gas emissions. It's unlikely to have any greenhouse gas reductions whatsoever. The second bucket is that it could potentially harm Maine's own renewable energy industry, making it harder for us to promote renewable energy projects here in the state. And the third is that it's going to have a devastating effect to our North Woods. It's going to cut a new 53 mile long, 150 foot wide swath that has some dramatic impacts on water bodies, vernal pools, habitats, and just will really cause a lot of damage to the main Northwoods. So we'll start with the first. The first bucket is the greenhouse gas issue. Central Maine Power is claiming that this project will provide significant greenhouse gas reductions in New England. That's an important caveat. They're only looking at reductions to New England. They're not looking at global emissions. And our concern is that first and foremost, The application put forward by Central Maine Power to build this proposed transmission line says, clear as day, that Hydro-Quebec isn't building any new capacity, any new energy generating capacity to supply this project. So there's no additional energy coming from Hydro-Quebec to supply the NECEC. Could you tell us more about that? So if there's no additional energy... Uh, CMP claims that their project will reduce greenhouse gas emissions. They've put an important caveat on that, is that they're calculating greenhouse gas emissions reductions in New England. Like, there is a magic boundary of New England states and we can operate in a vacuum. Like a snow globe? Yeah, right. A greenhouse gas emissions snow globe. And and what this is, is Hydro-Quebec is an incredibly integrated system where they're selling and buying energy from New Brunswick, Ontario, New England, New York, and beyond. What we have found in our research and through our work at the Public Utilities Commission is that what's likely to happen in this contract is instead of adding new energy, new hydro energy to New England, because as we know, the permit application says clear as day, they're not going to do that. They're not going to add new capacity to their network to supply this contract. There's no new energy that's going to be produced. Um, So instead, what's likely to happen is they're going to sell less energy to somewhere else so they can sell more energy here in New England to sell it through the NECEC transmission line. There's no There's no greenhouse gas reductions. It's just a shuffling of the reductions. So what I'm hearing you say then is that there's no additional hydropower that's available to be sent to Massachusetts. It's not like there's some excess amount. What is Hydro-Quebec saying about this? Hydro-Quebec and CMP have recently come out with a bit of a publicity tour to promote this project and have been claiming that Hydro-Quebec has been experiencing what's called spillage, um, where they're having to just waste energy, waste water flowing over their dams because they just can't possibly get that energy to market. (laughs) It's a compelling image, but it is not the way hydro facilities work. The first and foremost is spillage just does happen at dams as a regular course of business. 
Um, and there's a, there's a number of different reasons that spillage can happen, but studies have been done at the PUC. Experts have testified at the Public Utilities Commission that there wasn't a need for Hydro-Quebec to spill energy this year. There was sufficient room on transmission lines for Hydro-Quebec to have sold the energy that it's claiming it had to spill. It's just that it didn't for some reason, but because Hydro-Quebec isn't in the proceedings and they haven't been made available to testify, we have no way to get answers from them about you know why they ended up spilling um, and how they made the decisions to manage their own reservoirs. It's a bit of a black box. So what you're saying is that Hydro-Quebec has made these claims publicly, but there is, there's no opportunity for their claims to be made under oath or investigated? That is exactly the case. Hydro-Quebec, the only entity that can really provide some of the information that we need to truly evaluate whether or not there's any greenhouse gas benefits whatsoever in this project, has been noticeably absent in the proceedings. They're not available to ask questions. They're not providing information. And the only thing we have to go on are their public reports. So you've talked about our concerns about how this won't actually reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Um, What are some other concerns that NRCM has? In addition to worrying about the fact that we don't believe there will be any greenhouse gas reductions from this project, it could actually harm Maine's renewable energy industry. CMP has proposed this project that would be a high-voltage direct current line. It makes it impossible for renewable energy projects to tie into the project. In addition to the fact that the line is fully subscribed, Hydro-Quebec and Central Maine Power are planning on putting all Hydro-Quebec energy on the line so there's no extra room for anyone else to tie in. Even if that wasn't the case, these HVDC lines, as they're called, it's impossible for a wind farm or a solar farm or some other renewable energy project to link into this transmission line. So CMP is proposing to build new transmission line, but it's not anything that any new renewable energy project could tie into. So there's just absolutely no benefit to the renewable energy industry. And in fact, it will very likely make it prohibitively expensive for new projects to come behind the NECEC and tie into the existing infrastructure. In essence, CMP is maxing out the infrastructure, making it so that these projects probably are not going to be able to tie in as easily. I would say that CMP's promotion of this project and their concern for the greenhouse gas benefits of the project have a lot more to do with the fact that this is a merchant line that they can make a guaranteed rate of return on, more so than their concern about climate change. So what exactly is a merchant line? This isn't a reliability project. This isn't a project that CMP needs to do so that we can keep our lights on in Maine or have fewer blackouts. A recent study just confirmed what I think all of us would believe, that Maine has the highest number of blackouts, and those um, blackouts last for the longest amount of time in Maine. That's a pretty terrible record, and it's important to note that not only is Central Maine Power spending a lot of time and energy promoting this new project, but all of this new line that they want to build is going to have to be maintained by those same crews that are out maintaining the existing infrastructure. So I I think there's a really valid question here as to whether or not this project could have detrimental effects on CMP's ability to respond to either natural or man-made disasters that cause an interruption in electricity service. So if I'm understanding what you're saying, 
we should be really thinking about what would happen in the case of some sort of outage. Which line is fixed first? The, the line that's serving main communities or the CMP transmission line? That is a really important consideration. And it turns out, um, we just learned this at the hearing last week, that if there's a big disaster and the NECEC line goes down and another high voltage transmission line goes down, the NECEC line is likely to be fixed first. Why is so that? The higher voltage gets fixed first is um, what we've been told by Central Main Power. So it's the it's the biggest show in town. So that's the one that's going to get fixed first. We're going to be out waiting for Massachusetts power supply uh, to come back online before we can fix our local transmission grid. So, you know, this is about CMP and Hydro-Quebec turning a profit. None of this would go back to the main ratepayers. None of CMP's profits from this line will go to reducing our energy transmission costs. Are there any estimates that are publicly available as to how much money CMP stands to gain if this project is approved? The exact figures are hard to know. I have seen estimates in the papers that this is a $60 million a year. Per year? Per year. For Hydro-Quebec, we're talking, it's this is a, you know, a 10 billion dollar project in Canadian dollars. So, you know, between seven and eight billion dollar um, project for them. Our, our third concern is the location of the power line. Could you tell me more about why the location of the line is, is something that people are concerned about? This proposed transmission line would cut 53 new miles of brand new corridor um, running from Beatty Township down into the town of Caratunk. The corridor would be 150 feet wide, and that is bisecting what is the largest contiguous temperate forest in North America. And and actually, when you look on a global scale, it may even be the largest contiguous temperate forest in the world. Um, so this is an incredibly important habitat. It's going to damage animal migration routes. It's going to hinder the forest ecosystem's ability to respond to threats brought about by climate change. Folks forget, too, that um, Maine is home to the best brook trout habitat in the world, and this line is going to go right through the heart of brook trout habitat, which is yet another threat that this project brings with it. Initially, when CMP proposed it, it was just going to run straight above ground. Uh, since there was enormous opposition to this line crossing the Kennebec River, where there's a lot of rafting and hunting and fishing activity, um, CMP has proposed to bury just the tiniest portion under the river. They've addressed the concerns of the Kennebec River. River, but but none of the other concerns. Central Maine Power will say that this area has been historically logged, that there are logging trails in here, that there are snowmobile trails, um, that there are other roads that, that go through this area. But the fact of the matter is, is that this is one of the remaining dark sky places. Despite the fact that it's been logged, logging sites grow back and it's a, it creates a, a nice mosaic landscape where there's different habitat types for different critters. And once you create this swath that runs 53 miles, that's a significant change to these habitats in this area. And it, it has an additive effect. Um, and there's a lot of new research out there that really indicates that this is the type of development project that we really need to pay close attention to and really carefully consider because it's not just 
one spot that you're disturbing. It's a long line and that has a big impact. When you consider some of the groups and people that have raised concerned about this line, many of them are sportsmen or they are hunters and anglers who spend a lot of time either professionally or personally in the region. This is an area that depends in great part on its tourism and recreation economies. So you're talking about folks going to raft the Kennebec River, anglers wanting to also, you know, float that river or or nearby rivers, people out hunting uh, in the wintertime, snowmobiling. This area is defined by the remoteness and the scenic quality. So when you talk about running a 53-mile straight transmission line with clearing, you're really talking about impacting not just the environment um, and the habitat and the critters that live there, but also the, the people, the Mainers, who make their livings there. It's a driver for our economy. Thank you for describing the reasons that NRCM is very concerned about this project. I want to give listeners a sense of what's happening now or how this review process will go forward because the application has been made, Massachusetts chose it, but it needs approval from three state agencies in order to go through. The first is the Public Utilities Commission. What is the PUC looking at when they are deciding whether to uh, approve this project? And the Public Utilities Commission is looking at whether or not CMP qualifies to get a certificate of public convenience and necessity. And essentially they're looking at, is there a public need for this project? If so, what are the relative benefits and harms of this project to the economy, to main ratepayers, to the scenery, to the environment, and sort of taking all of that out into consideration to determine whether or not to give them this, this certificate. And again, there is no need because this is a project that is designed for Massachusetts, not for Maine, and it, the harms disproportionately fall on Maine. And what would you say to people who say that to combat the impacts of climate change, what's good for Massachusetts is good for Maine? What would you say to that? If only this were good for the climate. I would think that was an excellent point. Unfortunately, based on the information that we've seen and the testimony that was given at the Public Utilities Commission, there just isn't likely to be a climate benefit. And in fact, if it if it hurts Maine's renewable energy industry, you know, we're we're looking at a, a net reduction in in benefit to the climate. And so if Massachusetts removed the snow globe, if you will, for the analogy, and thought beyond New England carbon calculations, but regionally, including Quebec, it wouldn't be benefiting Massachusetts then either. No, based on based on what we've seen, there's it's not going to reduce greenhouse gas emissions in, in Massachusetts. You asked me, though, where the status is at the Public Utilities yes. Commission, and the hearings are done. We're in the process of briefing the issue, and we expect the Public Utilities Commission to weigh in sometime this spring or early summer with a decision. But this isn't the only forum that this is being seen in. The Department of Environmental Protection and the Land Use Planning Commission both have a hand in approving Central Maine Power's proposed project. And whereas the Public Utilities Commission is looking at it from a utility lens, you know, is this necessary? Will it have an impact on Maine and Maine ratepayers? The DEP and the LUPC, they're looking at environmental impacts. So we're, we're looking at 
habitat impacts, vernal pools, brook trout, scenic character and qualities, um, historic buildings and structures, the, the suite of topics of a more traditional development project. And NRCM is an intervener in these proceedings with the Land Use Planning Commission, Department of Environmental Protection, and Public Utilities Commission. As interveners, we can deliver testimony, present witnesses, Could you tell us more about who else is involved in the review process and what other organizations or individuals have raised concerns? Sure. You know, at the Public Utilities Commission, there have been a number of parties intervening, um, some of the natural gas generators, Next Era, which does um, wind and solar here in the state of Maine, the Maine Renewable Energy Association, as opposed to this project. And then there have been a lot of citizen interveners, as well as the town of Caratunk. A lot of those groups have raised similar concerns about greenhouse gas benefits, harm to Maine's renewable energy industry, and then local effects on the economy. For example, Caratunk has raised a lot of concerns. Um, They are concerned that they want to build a solar array in their town and that this project may preclude them from doing that. They are mistrustful that Central Maine Power, they're worried that the the tax projections are a little generous and that they they won't actually pan out. So, you know, they've raised a lot of concerns. At the Department of Environmental Protection and the Land Use Planning Commission, the number of interveners is overwhelming. There were a number of parties that intervened. They were combined into intervener groups to make it a little bit more manageable. And even still, we have 10 intervener groups. The The hearings haven't started yet. Uh, there's still time for us to put together testimony and, and build our cases. But there, there are a large number of groups that are opposed. The Natural Resources Council of Maine has been combined with the Appalachian Mountain Club and Trout Unlimited to work together in our opposition to the project. Other intervener groups, the town of Caratunk again, the town of West Forks. There are a number of individuals who represent either um, rafting companies or um, lodges or other guiding type businesses in Forks, West Forks, Caratunk, you know, that that region where the um, line, particularly where the new line would go. Gosh, there's a lot. Well, good memory for uh, listing those. So we know that the Public Utilities Commission's public hearings have already taken place, but for the DEP and LUPC review processes, there's still room for public participation because those hearings haven't happened yet. We know that the public hearings are going to happen at the start of April. Um, are there any other recommendations that you would give to someone who's listening who you know, has some concerns? What, what would you say that people should do? That's a great question. Definitely keep your eye on the DEP LUPC process. You know, like you said, right now the he- public hearings are tentatively scheduled for first week in April. In our opinion, that's a pretty aggressive timeline, and so we're going to be asking for more time for people to get up to speed on this project and get involved. So keep an eye on that. The record is closed at the Public Utilities Commission, but there's always room for um, writing letters to the editor and we have a petition on our website that you can sign on to um, that is is opposition to the project and you know you can also check out our website and just learn more about the process and reach out to us if you want to learn more information is power (laughs) thank you so much sue and thank you for listening to frontline voices nrcm's podcast To learn more about our concerns about the CMP transmission line proposal and sign the petition, please visit our website at www.nrcm.org and tune in every other week to new episodes. Thanks very much.